everybody, this is the Dane and Nick Show. <laughs> okay, guys. All right, in all seriousness, this is the Dane and Nick Show. And in this episode, we're going to be breaking down California Golden Bears, the upcoming football season. So this is going to be our spring preview for Cal. I think we're in like week eight of a 12-part series here. We've covered pretty much all the teams in the Pac-12. Got a couple more to go, but it's been a lot of fun diving into some deep detail about each roster and what's going to happen or likely going to happen in next season. So without further ado, I'm just going to get straight to it this week. Usually got a little more randomness, but I was I was pretty content with that roll off the top there. So I'm going to start with Cal essentially has a chance to win the North this year. I mean, with all the turnover in conference between literally Every team, I should say all the turnover in the North Division, every team it seems like seemingly has big changes. We're not going to break down that. That's what the other episodes are for. But seriously, every single team, every single team is losing some very valuable pieces. And I think Cal is returning enough with a real shot to win the North. How's that for a start of the show? Bold predictions, baby. I said could, not would though. So just jumping back really quickly to last year, they're 8-5 and five with wins in the Red Box Bowl over Illinois and a huge win against rival Stanford which brought the axe back to Berkeley for the first time in over 10 years. Didn't didn't realize it had been that long. Huge win for them. Wow. Good for them. They finished second in the North Division with four and five in the conference. But hey, that's good enough for second in the division. Can't be mad at that. So that's kind of a quick recap of last year. One more thing that's important to note out is I feel like I say this a lot and a lot of people just seemingly don't remember it. Cal started off last year and got ranked number 15th in the country at one point before starting quarterback... Chase Garber's got injured. So that's quarterback, quarterback. But seriously, they were number 15 in the country last season. So truly, before he got injured, this team was very formidable with a huge road win down in SEC territory against Old Miss. That's a big win. This is the SEC. It's the better conference face of people. You think the Pac-12 is better than the SEC? I don't know what you're doing. Stop lying to yourself. But seriously, going down to Ole Miss and getting a win is huge. Huge. There's no, no doubt about it. That amazing goal line stop. Okay, so enough of that. Essentially, like I said, kind of quick recap of Cal here. I'm going to dive into their more roster end and new coaching changes and that sort of stuff. Dane's going to look at the schedule in its entirety. So that's going to be the quick breakdown of the show. We're always quick. Get you in and out on your day, baby. Go have a beer or something. We do not promote drinking on the podcast, but if you would like to have an adult beverage, you may do so, okay? So really quickly before we get into the body, Essentially, they have a very solid all-around returning offense. And what I mean by very solid is they're absolutely terrible in offense last year, but they return all the pieces, so they could potentially be solid. They literally return just about everybody, so they have a real chance to improve. On defense, they return eight starters, but lose both starting safeties in Ashton Davis and Jalen Hawkins. And maybe more importantly, they lose linebacker Evan Weaver, who I believe was All-American. Again, don't quote me on that, but I believe he was. He was a tackling machine. So without further ado, I'm going to send it down to Dane in Tucson. This is Nick from Seattle. Thanks for tuning in as always. And yeah, we're going to send it down south. Thanks, Nick. Glad to be back here for this episode. I'll keep this one uh, short and sweet. I think California is going to be one of the better teams in the north. I think Chase Garbers is going to have a great year. The Cal defense is um, historically strong, at least over the last few seasons. And I think they have a lot going for them this season. Um, and you know, with that, I'll throw it up to Nick. I just want to say one thing. We are only about three months and what is it? Two weeks or so away from, uh, week one 
or week zero. And, you know, that's coming right around the corner. Uh, you see all the things in the news about um, whether or not the season is going to start on time. There's a big um, development this past week with the Oregon governor saying uh, basically Oregon can't play <clears throat> their home games in front of the crowd until I think October. So um, with the various different, uh, you know, governmental organizations making different choices in different states and each institution making different choices, It'll be interesting to see if the season does actually start on time, but assuming that things continue in the direction that we've been going, uh, hoping for a start to the season on time, probably not in front of um, fans at the beginning, but about midway through the season, I think um, they'll start letting fans in on a limited basis. And with that, I'll throw it up to Nick in Seattle and we'll jump into this episode. Okay, so as I mentioned at the top, due to all the crazy changes in the North, Cal really does have a chance to win the North Division. I don't want that to be misconstrued, though, with I think they're an elite team. I don't. I just think that the Pac-12 North is definitely beat up. Like I said, every major team is losing something very notable, whether a quarterback, a huge wideout, a head coach, something along those lines. Not going to repeat myself further, but yeah, I mean, Cal really has a chance, but that doesn't mean they're elite by any means necessary. I think they're very solid. Very good. Should expect a good year. But elite is that word. that You just don't throw that word out there. They're nowhere close to elite. Again, they return essentially everyone on offense. But before we can get into that, last year was just absolutely abysmal. They finished 117th in the nation in total offense. And they only scored in 13 games, 35 tutties. So in 13 games, they had 35 touchdowns. That's not good. They're last in the Pac-12 in the four major offensive statistical categories, except for rushing offense, where they finished eighth. So look at that. They got they got eighth place, baby. Eighth place. That They're getting somewhere. I mean, as you can tell, that that's just really, really not good. Again, Chase Garbers missed four games last season, weren't defeated until his injury, and then things quickly changed. Oh, they quickly changed. They may have not been undefeated. Don't quote me on that. They might have lost one. But at one point, like I said, they're ranked number 15th in the country. Uh <laughs> Wow, just a really tough year last year. Uh, the national rankings, they finished 99th or lower in total rushing, passing offense, and scoring. So really just towards the bottom of, of every category. They had 101 passing plays that gained 10 or more yards. So that's actually a really low number, and that's good for last in the Pac-12. And they only average as a team in its entirety 12.6 yards per catch. So needless to say, with all that information, the offense was really, really struggling. I mean, even with Garbers out there, it was more of an NFL pro-style defensive-reliant team. What I mean by that is offense makes no mistakes. Just don't make the big mistake. Play field position ball. Let the special teams and defense win the game. And you just make your plays when they're available, which is, in my opinion, really good football. I think a lot of people don't like to see that. And I'm actually going to dive a little bit deeper into that in a couple seconds here. But I think there's nothing wrong with that, not having an explosive offense. Some teams need that to win. Cal clearly didn't need that with Garbers on the field last year. With other quarterbacks, they could could use someone though. So with all the trouble they had on offense last year, uh, if I'm saying this name right, Bo Baldwin left uh, and they hired a new offensive coordinator in Bill Musgrave. 
who's a longtime NFL assistant coach, been with more than five teams in the NFL, 20 years worth of coaching experience, and on top of that was a four-year starting quarterback at Oregon. I don't, I don't buy into all that. That's just his resume for y'all, but I don't buy into that. That doesn't tell me anything about the system. I want to see it in action before I really make any judgment. But the experience is there. But I'm one who believes a new coach could be just as good as an old coach. It all depends on opportunity and really the right fit, to be quite frank. So, <laughs> top of that, new offensive line coach, new running back coach, and it changes at multiple other little offense coordinator positions or lesser offense coordinator positions. I was it positional positions. I mean, <laughs> position, position, wow. But yeah, I mean, all that, you're, you're essentially revamping the offense in its entirety. You're returning the same players. But in terms of the coaching staff, they all gone. And hopefully that's a good thing. Also, I got to give a shout out to Marcus Tuyasasopo is out there somewhere. That's like a childhood hero of mine. This guy led UW to a Rose Bowl victory. He's on that coaching staff. So maybe, just maybe, Cowan's the national championship this year. <laughs> that's, that's a joke, y'all. All right, en- enough joking around for now as much as I love to, you know, have some fun. Let's get serious here for a second. So they really do return basically every player on offense. The only main contributor that's gone is going to be wide receiver Jordan Duncan. As mentioned, they return Chase Garbers, who's definitely more of a game manager quarterback, just makes all the right decisions. We get through all his kind of lesser stats in comparison to, you know, Justin Herbert or Jacob Easton or guys like that who put up big stats last year. But again, he was undefeated as the starting quarterback, and that's all I need to say. At running back, they have Christopher Brown Jr. He finished sixth in the Pac-12 with 914 rushing yards last season. Ended, ended the year with uh, back-to-back 100-yard games against UCLA and, and the Fighting Illini in the bowl game. For me, he's not that next-level player. I've watched him. I'm not saying he's good, though. He's, he's a very tricky, interesting running back. He doesn't have that elite speed. He doesn't have that elite power. But yet, he's a very good running back. I think he understands the position very well. When to attack holes. On top of that, he's great hands out of the backfield. Caught four touchdown passes. Actually led the team last year with his... Uh, Four touchdown passes out of the backfield. So his best, in my opinion, his best trait is going to be the fact that he's a dual threat out of the backfield. Tough tackle at times, but can really catch some passes, which that can be very useful in the upcoming season. That's for sure. I think the biggest boost to Cal has got to be they return all five starters on the offensive line, including many others who are starting experience. That's such a huge plus. The offensive line is the keystone of football, along with the defensive line, but just it's the pivotal point. And returning all this experience could really be the reason why Cal's a chance to win the South. Without this, I don't think they really have a chance. But as long as these guys continue to improve and gel as a unit, they could really, really be nasty. They return all the leading wideouts, as I said earlier. But that's kind of a misconstrued stat because they really didn't have any major threat at wideout. They returned Nicky Remigio, who had 38 catches, but that was in 12 games. And 38 catches, that's not like an outstanding number. So really not too much experience. Five other players who posted 10 catches or more back, but they only totaled 83 receptions and nine touchdowns in 2019. So not a lot of returning production, to be quite frank. I know they're returning a lot of wide out, but not a lot of returning production. Those are two separate things. But again, all the players are back, so it should be pretty good. And for me, breaking down their offense in its entirety, I think it's really simple. They just need one playmaker to emerge. And I'm not talking Christopher Brown, solid, you know, solid contributor, gets his five yards here and there. They need one game breaker. He doesn't even need to be the most consistent option, just someone with next level speed that the defense can respect. Because with all that experience on the offensive line, you should have a consistent rushing attack. You should be able to you know, hit the quick slants, the quick outs, the quick throws, stuff like that. But you need that one real deep threat or else defenses are going to be able to cheat up, 
stack the box, play man-to-man, and probably force Callum to some really tough down and distances. So for me, it's simple. No joking around. They need one explosive skill player. If they have that, Cal's potentially be the best offense in the Pac-12. Essentially worst to best. I really believe that. But that is only if they have that elite skill player. We're not talking good guy. We're talking like one guy who can run a 4-3 and really, really put pressure on the defense. And speaking of defense, how, how, what a transition there. They really return everyone. And there's less to be said about the defense this year because I think it's pretty clear. They return eight starters for a great defense. I mean, last year they ranked 27th Nash against the run, 33rd in scoring defense, and 65th in yards allowed per game. So returning all those Eight players back should be very, very helpful. Again, though, the main losses are going to be two starting safeties in Ashton Davis and Jalen Hawkins and the All-American Evan Weaver. Still think he was All-American. I have not researched that. I think I did, but I forgot it. But again, I'm I'm going with All-American, but don't quote me. So losing Evan Weaver is very obvious, obvious. He was the best player. He was the spirit of the team. But there is one good note on that. Fellow inside linebacker. Kawani Dang is had 121 tackles last year, and he could be the guy ready to fill Weaver's spot. I don't think anyone's going to have the impact that, Ever, that Weaver had. I said this early in an earlier podcast, but this guy seriously posted something on social media like threatening to tackle fans. <laughs> they didn't come to the game, so that's that says enough about Weaver's awesome football spirit. <laughs> that really cracks me up, but um. They also lose secondary coach Gerald Alexander. So there are going to be some pieces to fill. But I think, again, having Kwani Dang as a linebacker ready to step up and a great secondary player in all Pac-12. And I think second team last year, or I'm not sure, actually, I forget on this one, but the best player in their secondary is likely to be, oh, he is all Pac-12 cornerback Cameron Bynum. So, yes, he was all Pac-12. So they have two very solid players in Kwani Dang and Cameron Bynum. And that should be enough to at least propel the defense initially. I think with Wilcox's scheme, historically, they should have enough the rest of the way. And again, they do need to replace three key players, but just based off their historical and Justin Wilcox mentality, I really think the defense will be solid. So in its entirety, I think that's enough. They got anything else for y'all? Nah, we chilling. We jump with Senator Dane, break down the schedule. So seriously, on offense, they need that one explosive player. More than anything else, the defense will have to see how they adjust this year. I bet they'll be solid. I I say probably. We'll go probably. But the offense, the key to this team is one explosive offensive piece. They have everything else ready for a very serious run at the Pac-12 title. Can't believe I'm saying that. Again, could, not should. Could make run the Pac-12 title. But that one playmaker is what they need. That's all I got for you this week. Thanks for tuning in as always. You know I leave you with the Cheetos and Tuna. I don't know why that's my tagline, but I like it. From here on now, I'm going to send it out to Dane to take out, break down the schedule. Adios, amigos. Okay, so taking a peek at the Bears' schedule for 2020, it looks like there is going to be uh, favorable games for them. They open up the year at UNLV out there in Las Vegas, so that's assumed to be a victory and probably, I don't know, maybe a three-touchdown win. I don't think that game is going to be all that competitive in the end. And then the following week is the biggest matchup in the non-conference season for Cal. They host TCU at Memorial Stadium. So it should be a a fantastic game. Very competitive, close. I think the Bears can win uh, without knowing too much about what TCU has for this upcoming season. It's hard to really uh, predict that one. But based on what I know about California and the game being out there in Berkeley, I'm going to go ahead and chalk that one up to the Bears. So a 2-0 start 
in all likelihood and probably ranked at that point of the season. Then they face uh, Cal Poly and Berkeley, so that should be another uh, victory, probably, you know, a blowout in California terms. So, you know, 24 points, probably um, somewhat low scoring, maybe like 35 or, or 30 to about 7, maybe 10. And then uh, the first non or the first conference game of the year is against Utah. It's in California uh, at Memorial Stadium. Should be another great game uh, with Utah having a bit of a rebuild, mostly on defense and the new quarterbacks. Uh, or well, they have two quarterbacks. Uh, it's not clear who's going to start yet. Um, so that should be a victory for Cal, I would say. And so at this point of the year, you're looking at a possible 4-0 start at the very worst, uh, 3-1. And, and, you know, I think they're going to be ranked at this point. And then their first road um, road conference game of the season is at Washington State. It's a winnable game. Wazoo has, you know, the new coach, new quarterback, slightly different system. So I'm going to go ahead and give the edge there to the Bears. And then huge matchup on October 10th at USC. Uh, so the game is in Los Angeles. USC is going to be really strong. At this point of the season, it might be the biggest uh, conference matchup. I think Cal will be ranked. USC will be ranked. It's going to be on primetime, national TV, probably ESPN or, or Fox Sports 1 or something like that. Should be a close and competitive game. It'll really come down to Cal's defense against uh, USC's offense. And I think the Trojans are going to be really strong this year. So I'm going to go ahead and give that victory to the Trojans, mostly because of that offensive system and the fact that it's a road game for Cal. And then the Bears host Oregon for homecoming. So this is going to be the biggest home game of the year. Uh, Probably is going to be somewhat close to a sellout. I think Cal is probably still ranked at this point. So it's going to be two ranked teams going at it. Oregon is going to be competing for uh, another playoff berth, and they're going to be um, itching to to get quality wins in conference, and this would certainly be one of them. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think in the end, Oregon probably wins, though California will give them a run for their money, and it'll probably come down to the fourth quarter and you know maybe a one-touchdown game, 10 points at the most. And then the Bears go the following week to Oregon State. Go ahead and give that victory to the Bears just because quarterback situation at OSU is a little bit murky at this point. And you never really know how the new quarterback's going to run the system with, you know, not any experience and pretty much unproven, um, you know, gunslinger up there. And then following that game, uh, the Bears host Washington and Berkeley should be another really good game. I'm going to go ahead and give that victory to Cal. I think the Bears will find a way to win that one. It's going to be close and competitive, but uh, I think the Bear defense this year is going to be good enough to get the victory. And the Garber run offense is going to be um, a little bit better than what we saw last season. So I think they'll be able to beat Washington. And they go to Arizona State. I think this is one that they lose. I think the Sun Devils win this game in Tempe. It's late in the year, so injuries could be playing a factor on both teams. But just because of the fact this game is out there in the desert, um, that just leads me to believe that uh, the Sun Devils will get that one. It might be a little bit of an upset. Cal um, probably would be favored just by maybe four or five points, but I think ASU 
gets that victory. And then to end the, or well, not to end the year, but the second to last game is the, the big game, 123rd. This one is at Memorial Stadium. And I think the Bears win this one uh, as well. I guess it'll be the second year in a row. They've beaten Stanford after that long losing streak. So uh, I think, you know, I'm not big on Stanford. I, I've said that last uh, episode and a lot of last season for various different reasons. But yes, I think the Bears win this one. And then to finish the year off, it's a Friday night game um, at home, senior day against UCLA. And I think the Bears win that one. So really your toughest games are at ASU against Oregon at home, and then at USC. Uh, the big game in the non-conference is TCU. Uh, assuming that they get by TCU, they could start the season 5-0, and be ranked probably in the top 15, and they likely have two losses in a row at USC and then to Oregon, and then go on another winning streak until Arizona State. So uh, big picture, you know, could be as a little as four losses on the year eight and four season uh and then you know probably second place in the north with a decent bowl game holiday bowl uh potentially alamo bowl things like that are are in the cards this year for the bears i think the offense is going to be better this season and the defense will be about the same level and with that uh, we'll see you guys next week